Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I am team lie to your kids. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Put the batteries into the annoying sound-making toys the wrong way. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. We left every activity because of the duck. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Bordeaux cherry chocolate ice cream has alcohol in it and makes it not safe for children. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, it's a it's a Mother's Day celebration. We're going to talk about your mom wins and our mom wins. We're not going to take you to brunch. <laughs> We're going to celebrate your mom wins. We're not going to get you a wrist corsage. I just went to a mother-son dance at my son's high school and they had... Mm, mother boy. Do you watch um, Arrested Development? Everyone? I mean, there's so much funny stuff and then it kind of goes a little nutty, but the mother-son event is called Mother Boy and it's just <laughs> hilarious and you're totally mother boy. It was mother boy and I got... And he gave me a wrist corsage and this was this was kind of weird. I thought we we walked in and we're signing in and he was willing to go because all his friends were going and all his friends' moms were going. It was going to be fine. And I was pretty clear. This on, is your what age, kid? He's a sophomore in high school. Oh, awkward. Awkward. And I was pretty clear that it was going to be just like junior high. It was going to be the moms on one side and the, and the boys on the other side, which is how it was. And that was fine. I liked the moms. But he had a wrist corsage for me. And, and the, like, the volunteer dad who was working, he gives him the flower to give to me. And I'm sort of like, speaking of awkward, like, oh, this is dorkalicious. And the father says to to my son, thank you. And he was like, oh, sorry. Thank thank you. Like thinking he meant thank you for the corsage. And he's like, no, thank you. No. For bringing no. your mom here tonight. No. Do you know how much it means to her? No, there would have been, there would have been a me-shaped hole in the door as I like ran out the door. Like I can't even, I'm having such secondary like chills on your behalf that I cannot believe you survived that. What? Yeah. I was like, um, doesn't mean that much, right? Like, like I've just been at home waiting for this night to come. Two kinds of people in the world, which is like people with a high capacity for schmaltz and people with a low capacity for like tender feelings. And, I, and this is basically Irish Catholic, but like. I was going to say the Irish Catholic and both of us. I think both of us are on the like low capacity side of that. And that is my kryptonite, like public 
displays of sentimentality are my kryptonite. And it was also like, I'm like, what bothers me about this? And then my friend, everything. everything. But what put my friend put it in perspective for me. She's like, what's wrong with that is, is that if it were a daddy daughter dance, you would have walked in and that same guy would have said to your husband, thank you. Thank you for being here. It means so much to your daughter, right? It's all about like, aren't you nice to shine a little bit of sunshine towards your pathetic, sad old mother? (laughs) Female Who lives for the crumbs that you drop from the table (laughs) of your exciting life. Um, It's possible you're projecting a little onto the situation. (laughs) I'm just saying. But that is the like... Most, as my niece would say, Oco taco experience <laughs> I've ever heard about in my right. life. And I could not have survived it. And I'm glad it wasn't me because there would no longer be a podcast because I would have expired <laughs> the, every, 80 times during the event. My dad, we used to have father-daughter dances at my high school. And the saving grace was that my dad was an amazing dancer, amazing dancer. And so he taught us how to dance. And so we would go out and like dance like crazy people, like do the Lindy and stuff. We were great. And so we would win the father daughter dance contest every year. And it was really fun. But it got through the awkwardness of like, it wasn't just like me, like putting my arms around his neck and like swaying to like, I just died in your arms tonight. Oldie locks alert. Back in my day. Sorry, I didn't give that the space that it deserved. That was a big old oh, alert. That was a great song. I just died in your arms tonight. Young folks, go look it up. It's a, and then picture like 16 year old Amy and 16 year old Meg with like their biggest crushes, like crying and singing that song to a Simon Lebon poster. And you will understand everything that it was to be alive in the 1980s. Do you want to see the picture of me wearing the wrist corsage yes, with please. my son at the mother-son I dance? So. I know you do. I guess so. I might put it up on social media. I might put it up on our Instagram and on the Facebook. Do, do so me a favor, though. Like blue dot out your son's face because he shouldn't have to live with that shame. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I mean, All it's right, fine yeah. if you scratch your son's face out, but like, you should not put that out in public. Mother boy, oh. like your son, like your son will try to go on a date and he'll be, the date will be like, I think I saw... A picture of you and your mom on social media at a mother boy event and he'll never get a date again. So be careful. This is the whole thing that bothers me about Mother's Day a little bit, though, is it like, oh, it's so important that you t- I mean, I want the I want the accolades. Don't get me wrong. But this idea of like your mother only exists for a kind glance her way once a year, that stuff kind of gets to me. And I think we need to pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, and that's what I'm here for today. Little sister, little sisters are doing it for themselves, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The thing that I hate about Mother's Day is that it just is the yearly gigantic fight I have with my husband where I put too much stock in like, if anyone really cares, because I suspect all year that no one sees that I'm just like the Irish washerwoman and cook of this house who no one really appreciates. (laughs) And that some random Hallmark employee has designated this day as the day where everyone will acknowledge me. And instead I get up and my husband is like pantingly running up from the shop, right? With like a wilted bouquet in his hands and like a half (laughs) written card that like he kind of signed the kids' names to. And every ounce of rage that has built up about being unappreciated for an entire 365 day period then shoots out of my eyes like volcanic lava directly into his face. Like that's Mother's Day every year for us. One time I got turquoise sort of like Native American inspired earrings that were so clearly from the airport gift shop, you know, (laughs) they were just like, come on, 
not only would I not wear these, nobody would wear these. And the, these airport gift shops have to do better by the guys who forgot about Mother's Day until the last second. Well, it's like there's a hilarious, like you can always get this picture. It's like Valentine's Day at 4 p.m., like the Rite Aid card lot where there's like 600 guys milling around <laughs> confusedly. Like it kind of sets the guys yeah. up for failure. And that is something I acknowledge. Like I don't really care about Mother's Day. I don't really, I, I don't, I definitely don't want to spend money on a gift around Mother's Day. Like we've got better things to spend money on. But Basically, the like, here's a massage gift card once a year that kind of makes me mad at you because I feel like you didn't try, but I don't really care about this anyway. It just feels like such a trap. Like, yeah, you're right. It's a trap. And we always end up just like kind of angry. It's a little bit of a trap. And I end up making dinner and being like, happy Mother's Day to me and like storming off. It's not the greatest <laughs> day on our calendar. So let's reclaim it. Let's reclaim it. All right, ladies, let's do this. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to reset Mother's Day and we're going to turn it around by celebrating ourselves and the things that we've done well this year. And so we went to, you were shouting out, so we went to our Facebook page at What Fresh Hellcast and we asked you all to tell us what are your big Your biggest mom, mom wins. wins. Your all-time <laughs> knocked it out of the park right. mom wins. And I want to say a theme emerges in the mom wins, but I'm not going to give you the theme until we've heard a couple of them. It's going to be pretty clear what the theme is. Okay. All right. And we'll see. We'll see if you all can guess what it is. This is Hester. Shout out to you, Hester, because Hester has eight-year-old twin boys who are both still alive. They survived so far. I mean, Hester really understands the phrase (laughs) mom win. Because let me tell you, that's the mom win. Are your children exchanging oxygen for carbon dioxide? You've done it. You're a mom winner. Done it. I have had this conversation with people. I feel like, I mean, it's difficult. I had an awesome mom. Like I had a great mom, like one for the record books, like loving, intelligent, beautiful, smart, really good at giving advice. Like I won the mom lottery. So it's easy for me on my lofty perch to say this. And I understand that. But I often talk to people about their moms who are not as great. And they're like, you know, my mom was just terrible and useless. And and there is a part of me that just wants to gently point out, you are still alive. <laughs> like, you know how on the SATs, they give you 200 points for signing your name? I don't know if this is still true, but it was true back in our day. I think it's still true. Yeah. I feel like you have to give your mom the 200 points for signing her name if you are still alive in your 30s. Yeah. She might have done everything else wrong, but that was a lot of work. Like just keeping another human being alive is a ton of work. It's a ton of work. So congratulations, Esther. I'm not saying it erases the like, you know, otherwise horrible parenting, but I do like to just give a little tip of the hat to like, uh, I mean, you are, you're here. So she did something. She didn't do nothing. She still was feeding you. (laughs) I mean, apparently you grew to adult size. Yeah. Right. I mean, still alive. I'm giving you your 200 points on the SAT. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Also, Anna Lynn says that her biggest mom win is that she's going to be at a beach in Mexico wow. this Mother's Day and her kids are not invited. Can I come? Yeah. That's a huge mom win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, anytime you can get away from your kids on Mother's Day, there's a funny article floating around and I should try to find it and post it, but it's like what moms want for Mother's Day. And it's just basically like talking, it, it gives a portrait of like Mother's Day brunch where you're basically just like screaming at your kids and like giving them crayons while your husband guzzles champagne. And it's really funny. Like br- Mother's Day brunch, like going out with your kids. I don't know that that's what you want for Mother's Day. When you do go out with your kids, Lenore has a really good mom win here. She says, we used to say, okay, sure. No problem. Sorry about that. 
across the restaurant to an imaginary employee if one of our kids was doing something we needed them to stop doing and it worked every time. <laughs> yes, that's I mean, that's solid. I like it. I've never done that with like an imaginary person in the air. I have definitely answered my phone and taken a call from an imaginary person saying, you know, you need to you need to stand in line and sit down in the waiting room or whatever. Oh, yes. Sorry about that. I have done that. We talk about this all the time. The neutral third party. Like, oh, yeah. the, the lady said the lady says mm -hmm. and like whoever they think you're an idiot. But whoever the imaginary lady is, that <laughs> person knows what's up. They're not going to mess with the lady. My kids are probably too old to to say, oh, OK, sure. Sorry about that to an imaginary person. But I'll, I'll try it. I'll see how it goes. I'll let you know. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go over great with the teens. I think they're going to be like, mom has finally lost the script and we need to take her to the special place. Jana, maybe it's Yana, maybe it's Jana. Uh, she says, my mom used to tell us the flight attendant call button on an airplane was an emergency button, like calling 911. So we would never touch it. As a grown up, my brother was about to administer the Heimlich, I guess, to himself when the lady next to him used it to order a soda. <laughs> well, that these are really funny ones. Like, people who have convinced their children of things and like when you realize. So my father grew up on the Hudson River, if anyone's from the East Coast, and they could see the um, Tappan Zee Bridge. They just changed the name of it, but we grew up as the Tappan Zee Bridge. And his father used to walk over and flip a switch at night and be like, I have to turn my bridge on. And he would flip the switch and the bridge would go on because he knew what time <laughs> they turned the lights of the bridge on. And my dad didn't realize that his father did not own the Tabitzi Bridge until he was like in law school, basically. Like, oh my God. He's like, wait a minute. It just took him forever because then, of course, you forget that you told the kids crazy things. And then the kids later on are like, oh, that didn't turn out to be true. But like, I, I mean, there's so many funny examples of that where you're like, I believed that until way too late. Uh, I, I thought until last year that our very troublemaking and rambunctious dog, Bambi, ran away right before my baby brother was born. I thought that until like last summer. <laughs> um, she went to the farm in the country? Given to another family. Wasn't wasn't made into glue or anything. But Was she, quote, given to another family, unquote, or was she actually given to another family? No. Well, we got them to, I mean, I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know if it's the other thing, but we got them. Right. You don't want to peek under that particular hood. We were all sitting together like last summer celebrating my parents' 50th anniversary. And then I was like, I have to know what happened to Bambi. Was it, and did she really run away? And they were what like, happened? No. <laughs> Yeah. Did they admit Bambi's actual fate or was Bambi just they they we don't want to know copped to her actual fate being, oh, no, we gave her away. She was a nightmare and the baby was coming. Oh, not that she had conveniently That's run away. Hilarious. But I mean, I ran around the neighborhood like Bambi for several days. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gosh, I, I like that your parents didn't break either. Like you're putting up Bambi posters and they're like, good job, honey. Keep going. I don't know where she went. Keep going. Put up posters. Don't come back until the lights are off. Yep. Uh, that's hilarious. Poor Bambi. That's a mom win and I'm still here. See, so like I, I, I managed. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, listen, your mom won and you're still alive. It's all fine. You know who did not come out well in the mom wins category? And I'm glad they don't sponsor us, Amy. Who? Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> there was a lot of tactics around Chuck E. Cheese in this uh, mom win category. Okay. A lot of management tactics. Okay. A lot of um, Chuck E. Cheese is for birthdays and by invitation only. Oh, you can't go in unless it's your birthday. Mary oh. convinced her children. Yes. Valerie similarly 
convinced her children that Chuck E. Cheese is only open on Thursday nights, and that's the night that they're with their dad. <laughs> so it's a mom win and a wife Pregnant. and a wife or ex-wife <laughs> win, depending. It's like, uh, you could do Chuck E. Cheese. That's we have that with a lot of movies. Like my son is movie crazy. Like he is a walking encyclopedia about the movies, like what day it opens and every movie, and he knows every movie that's coming out, and he likes to see every movie. Like that movie where you watch the trailer and you're like, who would see that movie? Sherlock Gnomes, the the Sherlock Holmes parody for children who've never heard about Sherlock Holmes starring garden gnomes. We saw it in the theater. Like he see, we mm-hmm. see every movie. He's obsessed. First run. <laughs> and I basically like look at the timing and I'm like, I think I can get someone else to take him to that one. Like we might be in Texas for that one. I might get his papa to take him to that one. Like I plan them all out. Like who can I shunt this responsibility off on? That's a mom win. Uh, Amy, have you discovered the theme of the mom wins? I'm sensing one. I want to take a minute and make sure I'm right. Yeah. You're getting the sense. All right. Let's take a break and I will reveal the the mom win theme when we return. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to seeing optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate. Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Okay, uh, we're back. Amy, mom win theme. Everyone is lying to their children all the time. <laughs> These are the mom wins are the lies that work that they got away with. That's it. Like, it's so funny. Like, I was like, we when we solicited mom wins, we were a little concerned that like, well, will they all just be like, I sat and taught my child to read and it was a wonderful mom win. And we were like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be funny. And then, of course, every single mom win was like, I lied to my kid and convinced them of this thing that I don't <laughs> want to do because our audience is actually filled with awesome people. We are here for this. 
We are totally here for it. And they're hilarious. Okay, I'm going to do Allie's. Allie's says, whenever we're at the park and people start leaving, I tell my kids it's time to go because the park is closing. Doesn't matter what time it is, they leave with ease. I mean, and this is the good thing, too. Like a lot of these mom lives slash mom wins, (laughs) they are fantastic for younger kids. Like if you've got a younger kid, they're not that bright. You can pretty much tell them anything. And that's it. Like Kathleen talked about the duck, the duck. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about this on the podcast. We also use the duck, which is like, oh, guys, I know we want to stay at the park all day, but the duck says it's time to go because you set an alarm on your phone that has a duck sound on it. And we left every activity because of the duck. Yeah, she says her kids are eight and 10 and she doesn't really get away with it anymore. But like the duck says is now part of their family lore. Yeah, that's right. And and sometimes I can still say to my kids, like the duck says it's time to go. And it's like a little wink, wink to like the old. My mother-in-law actually taught me this trick, like set an alarm. She used to bring an egg timer, you know, back in the day uh, when she was an oldie locks, like back in my day. She used to bring a kitchen timer and it would ring. And it's like, oh, the timer went off, though, guys. The timer says. It's again, it's that magical thinking that kids have that like someone else told us this was the rule. And so what can we do, guys? Sorry. We used to do, I think I've talked about this before, but there used to be a noontime whistle in our town. And and uh, I would tell my boys when they were little, like, oh, that's... Did you grow up in busy town? There was a noontime whistle in I, your town? Exactly. This is where we would go in the summertime. So I would be in sort of a bucolic little small town for the summer. And I would tell my yeah. boys when they were little. Were there small rabbits driving like hot dog cars around? Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the banana appeal. I think I've been, I think I've been there. Went down the road. Uh, yes. But yeah, so we, you'd hear the at noon and I was like, oh, that's the lunchtime nap time whistle. Yeah. Everybody has lunch and takes a nap when they hear that whistle. And they absolutely thought that every animal in busy town lay their heads down on their pillows for a little while. It worked. Well, it definitely helps, right? I mean, yeah. You know, we just did it with Screen Free Week, like telling my kids, like, everybody's doing this for some reason. My kids are 10, 8, and 7. Like, why do they care that everyone's doing it? It doesn't matter. But it's just a thing that gives it a little oomph and for some reason makes it work. Who who knows why? Take all the advantage you need. Francesca, this is a good one. Francesca told her two-year-old that the sign in the post office said, all little boys have to stand next to their mommies. Yeah. Oh, kids who when can't, they can't read. read. Oh, kids who right? can't read. You guys are the greatest. <laughs> A lot of thematic on not sharing your food. You people are dirty liars who don't want to share your food with your children. Angie says, Blue Bunnies, Bordeaux, cherry chocolate ice cream has alcohol in it and makes it not safe for children. (laughs) And Courtney on the same thing said before her kids could read, everything was spicy. Oh, darling, I'd love to share my ice cream with you. However, it's hot pepper flavor. (laughs) Again, these rules, Emma has her kids convinced that Fruit Loops can legally only be sold to hotels. They're not for private That's purchase. That's a genius one. That's a good one. <laughs> we we have not. We went years and I was like, the, beware always the mom feeling of superiority because I was sort of like, I don't even understand who eats sugary cereals. Like, who my kids don't even know about sugary cereals and they know about them from hotels right like yeah definitely there's a hotel breakfast rule they have as much fruit loops and and danishes as you want but when my kids were like seven six four 
I was like, oh, what kind of people serve sugary cereals at home? And then, of course, at like 10, we get we have a box of Cocoa Puffs in the kitchen because my kids mm. saw them on TV. At some point, we watched commercial television and like they were like, what are these magical cereals that we're not eating? And we just now we have Cocoa Puffs and Fruit Loops in my kitchen. It's kind of a factor, too, of like I find online grocery shopping to be a lot easier because when they're with you, that's when they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Fruit Loops are right there on the shelf. They are available. They make a cereal that tastes like waffles. Right. And suddenly yeah. you're like, yeah, I guess we're getting those. Um, I mean, you could also just say, like, we're not going to have them. But I don't even have a strong stance against sugary cereals. But uh, they creeped in. They creeped in. My, all of my mom, you know, snobbery about them. I was like, oh, yeah, never mind. We're just going to have them, I guess. Jessica says her mother used to tell her that the ice cream truck uh, tune was actually a fishmonger. <laughs> and she believed that. <laughs> That, she believed that, that, that she was laugh. 12. Somebody told us along the way that they told their kid that the ice cream truck jingle meant no more ice cream. They were out. Brilliant. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Just an announcement that we're out <laughs> of ice cream for the week. That's a good one. Tess, who, full disclosure, is my sister-in-law. My mom told me the crust of bread was the most nutritious part, and I diligently ate every sandwich crust first. I believe that well into high school. I actually, is that wrong? Like, I think the crust of bread is kind of good. I was going to say, wait, I think, I think that. I think it's all not nutritious. I don't know if that's actually true. We have to like get it. We have to have a bread expert come and do a mid-roll interview for us so that we could get to the bottom of this bread situation. It's also cute because uh, my sister-in-law is like just a very nice and what's the word I'm looking for? Like she's like a doobie, you know, she's like a do-gooder. And uh, so this would not work on my kids. Like if I told my kids that the crust was the most nutritious part, they'd be like, that that w must be why it tastes so bad. I don't want to eat it. But I like that Tess was like, the most nutritious part, I shall eat it first. I definitely grew up thinking that the crust of the bread was the most nutritious part, as if as if bread was nutritious, right? We were we were kind of off base there as as a people. Yeah. We were we were <laughs> confused about that in general. But definitely like, isn't the peel the most nutritious part of an apple, or is that just a lie? What's the most um Right. It's the most like nutrient rich. I don't know. Maybe yeah. the bread thing is not true, but it's the most pesticide rich too. Right. Like Well, listen, we all have to you take the good with the bad, you take the happy with the sad, Amy. Okay. Mary Catherine wanted to make her very skinny toddler finish his dinner and she told him that the more he ate, the more toots he would have. And she says this worked in more ways than expected. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Right. Be very careful what you wish for. That would definitely work on my boys. Definitely work on my boys. Erica, in a similar vein, and this made me laugh because this is the kind of way that I joke with my kids all the time, says, I joke at dinner that I didn't want them to eat their healthy food because I wanted them to stay my little bitty babies forever and not grow big and strong. I do that a lot with my kids. I'm like, oh, it's time for your favorite activity in the world mom hugs or whatever. Like, I just love <laughs> that teasing, funny relationship with my boys, especially like, oh, whatever you do, don't eat that broccoli because you have to stay little and be with me forever. And they just are suddenly like shoveling broccoli into their faces. Yeah. Like, I think in general, that's something like we struggle a lot with. Like, how do you get your kids to do X, Y, and Z? Like, and when people ask parenting questions, they tend to be like, how do I get my kids to do this thing that I want them to do that they don't want to do? And I do think in general, there's something about like keeping it light and funny that is so good in so many ways. It keeps you out of that mode where you're like in some epic battle of wills, which feels bad to everybody. 
And you're just like laughing and having fun with it, which is great. And, and you can kind of get to where you want to go that way also. This is the sort of thing that every two, three, four-year-old loves, which is outsmarting the grown-up. Like, I know more than the grown-up. I used to do with my kids, I would sort of play a character when the playroom was just a total mess. I'd say like, yeah. I am, I said like, let's play a game and I'm going to be, I'm going to be the really stern person and I'm going to come in and, and I'm going to inspect the room, but I won't be able to find anything. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so into it. And then I come in like, attention. And, and I, you know, run my finger over the top of the shelf expecting to find dust and then there's no dust and, and, you know, oh, well, I'm going to find a mess in here. And they would love that. They it's kind of, di- I mean, it's lying in a different way, um, but they love the idea that they're pulling something over on you, even if truthfully they know they're not and it's all a big joke. They just delight in that. Oh, absolutely. And I am team lie to your kids. Like I have definitely heard people express like in different ways, like um, whether it be, you know, around holidays or traditions or other kinds of magical thinking, like, well, I just don't think it's right to lie to kids. And I'm like, God, that is something I never give any thought to. I think it's completely fine to lie to kids. I think it's kind of magically delightful to lie to kids. I'm, I'm, I'm team lying to kids. I call it uh, magical thinking. Yeah. You know, we were talking about that magical thinking with kids of this age, like the lady said or the sign says, use it. Don't feel guilty about that. It makes it, it, makes it easier for these kids who don't, they aren't capable of abstract thought. Be black and white with them and, and take advantage of that while you can. It's fine. And more than that, it's helping them work something out. Like we used to do something similar in the playroom because at some point we watched Annie and I would do the like, we're going to clean this until it shines like the top of the Chrysler building. Like they thought it was such a funny line and like, There is something weird that they're working out. It's like, I don't like someone else telling me what to do. That person seems mean, but that person is my mom who I love. Like there is something that like playing those funny characters, it helps them work through some process. It's good. Jamie says, put the batteries into the annoying sound making toys the wrong way. So they see you putting the batteries in, but it doesn't work. It must be broken. (laughs) I have a one up on this that my husband invented that is because then you're possibly going to end up with the kid who's like, it's broke, like screaming and crying. (laughs) My husband would take sometimes just regular tape with a lot of layers, but even better, like heavy duty clear packing tape and put it over the speakers on all the electronic toys in the house. Oh, yes, I've done that. Mm hmm. And that is like, they still work, but you can barely hear yeah. them. That to me is the solution to all your electronic toy problems is like clear packing tape over the speaker. Because then the kid can still hear it and interact with whatever terribleness it is trying to do. Oh my God. There are some that like, some of those kids' electronic toy songs. We were recently at a concert. I think my niece plays in an orchestra. Somewhat we were, and it was the piece, I don't even know classical music. Dun, 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 dun. What's that piece of music? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I'm dun, 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 I know dun. everyone knows it. Um, and my husband and I turned to each other and we were like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Then there's nine. Counting's really great with counting. And it's like the song that used to play out of one of the electronic toys. And it's like, I will never hear that piece of music without those being the lyrics that go through my mind. Yep. So you have to control them. Stuck forever. Clear tape over the holes, guys. That's the way to go. All right, Amy, we'll be right back. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. 
Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. And now, the 2019 Mom Wins Awards. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Our first nominee is Phyllis Marsh from Akron, Ohio, with her performance of Of Course I Didn't Throw Away Your Art Project. What? Oh no, honey, I wasn't throwing away the 96th art project you brought home this year. No, no, that's not the recycling. That's a special place under the sink where I store treasured things that I am definitely going to frame later. Next up is LaShawn Jackson in Don't Make Me Come Up There. Seriously. Seriously, you do not want to make me come up there. We recognize Sally Flannery in I Think I Might Be Turning Into My Own Mother. I don't care who started it. If you're too full to eat your peas, you are too full for dessert. Homework, homework, who's working on their homework? We need to finish it. Because I said so. That's why. A commanding performance by Kathleen Furman in Tell Me More About the Fifth Grade Social Drama. I'm totally listening. Oh, really? Haley said that? Oh, my gosh. How surprising. Oh, wait. And what did she say? Oh, that sounds just like Jesse. What? Oh, no, no, no. Keep going. It's just playing Candy Crush while you're talking really helps me concentrate on the details. And finally, Anne Lemoyne for her truly searing performance in not without my daughter's clarinet. 
wait! School bus, wait! My daughter's left the house without her instrument and she is banned fourth period. Please come back! Ladies, you're all winners to us. Happy Mother's Day, moms, from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Amy, the moms are winning it. Let's be honest. We're winning. We're winning. The danger, now we need to talk about the dangers of Mother's Day, Amy. And here's oh, the greatest danger yep. of Mother's okay. Day. Do you know what it is? Um, the fill in the blank things about your mom that get hung up in the pre-K classroom. The narc forms that are sent home asking <laughs> your beloved children to tattle on you. Yep. And by this, I mean assignments that are sent home that are like my mom. Or aren't sent home or are done fully at school and, you, and they surprise you in the hallway. Yeah. Even worse. You're right. They. That's right. You... Exactly correct, Amy. The assignments that are done at school and they're like uh, report on your family. They're like uh, knowledge papers, basically, on your family that your kids fill out at preschool. And let me tell you, you go to the preschool and you see those hanging up. And if you're anything like me, your heart sinks because you're like, oh, no, what has my child reported about me? Okay, give me yours and then I'll give you mine. My daughter had one and it was my mom's favorite food is beer. (laughs) And showed me, yeah, drinking a bottle of beer. The next year, and I think I still have this one, which I will, I'll see if I can find in post. My mom's favorite food is sushi and Diet Coke, which (laughs) is not as bad as beer, but it's just a little bit like, it's not great. It's kind of true. It's definitely true. No one is saying the girl is wrong on any level, but I just wish these preschool teachers would not ask these little nosy kids to report on what's going on in our houses. It's the it's got to be the best part of being an early childhood teacher is is these answers. Oh my god, they must really laugh being like, "What does your mom like to do at home?" What is going on? My daughter uh, had to answer one that's like, when I am at school, my mother likes to, and she answered, go on the computer and clean up and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. She's not wrong. But the the classic one that I was, that I still can recall, my oldest was in pre-K. And they will often say something like, my mother is as tall as blank. My mother weighs blank because it's funny to see them say that you're, you know, 11 feet tall and weigh right. 75 pounds or whatever. One kid wrote their family had like a you know weekend house up in the Catskills. So she said, my mother is as tall as, and then clearly the, the teacher had helped her fill in the refrigerator at Woodstock. And my mother weighs as much as the refrigerator <laughs> at Woodstock. <laughs> I mean, you got to think the preschool teachers are in on this to a certain degree. <laughs> right. Like this is a, I am I'm here for 365 days just for, just for this day. Uh, well, I had a famous one, which was that when we were growing up, my mom broke her foot. And what had happened was my mom was coming back from the bathroom at night and hit her foot. She really just like broke her toe and walked into the bedpost basically, you know, in the dark coming back to bed at night. And for some reason, I was like maybe in first grade or something when this happened. (laughs) And I was like, big news, you know, how kids are like, this is the big thing that's happened. My mom was on crutches. And I was like, my mom broke her foot wrestling in bed with my dad. That's what I told my (laughs) class. 
And the teacher must have like pulled my mom aside and been like, so this is the reporting that we're getting as like class news, basically. Like I was telling as many people as I could get in earshot. And my mom sat me down and was like, that's not exactly what happened. And that's not what you want to say. And it was not until I was an adult that I realized that there might be a problem with that report. Oh, my God. That is so classic. My friend Missy, her uh, her four-year-old was given the prompt, my mom is great because, mm. and her four-year-old son answered, because she only yells sometimes. And Good job. She gets her 200 points on the SATs. This was sent home. Mom went. <laughs> you only yell <laughs> sometimes. The teacher like used that as an excerpt. That's a good one. That's totally fine. Danielle, her son did like an acrostic poem, you know, M is for mom that I love so much always for yes you know I don't know they're they're also right for their problems let's be honest (laughs) R was for really loves the Grateful Dead again I'm all for it that's a that's a mom win right there you're raising those kids (laughs) right if they know who the Grateful Dead is Samantha her six-year-old had to fill this out when Samantha was pregnant with her second and so the six-year-old it was like my mom can do amazing things and then you're going to list all the amazing things she can do So my mom can do amazing things. She can blank faster than anyone. Her kid wrote sleep. She likes to sleep. Her favorite thing to do is sleep. And she hates to. And the kid wrote walk. (laughs) I mean, again. And she's like, I was I was really pregnant. She wasn't wrong about that at all. No, I would say in none of these cases, can you go back and be like, the kid's dead wrong. I mean, they're not wrong. But again, I'm just not sure. This is fair to have these children just reporting on us, (laughs) just telling tales about us outside of the house. Jessica's five-year-old ratted her out for drinking margaritas. Did you get, did he get help spelling that? Like, exactly. And that's the thing. When a five-year-old brings home a project that's like, my mommy likes drinking margaritas, you know, the teacher had to sit over them and be like, it's M-A-R-G-A. Like, they had to... They had to walk them through that whole process and like draw a little salt on the rim. That's oh, how God. mommy likes it. <laughs> is it. Yeah. Is it rock salt or is it is it is it frozen? Does mommy like salt on the rim or no salt? You know, but sometimes the best part is when it would be like margarita would be like M-R-G-R-R-R-E-E. I should put this one up on Instagram. Lindsay, I hope that's OK with you. Her child, Cameron, wrote, my mom likes to watch Grey's and add to me and have a drink. <laughs> And he he made Gray's and Adam is three words. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The one I like, it's like you also these are win lose because Melissa had one that was filled out. My mom is really good at and she the daughter filled in being mad. But she also listed Melissa's age as 20. So that's a win lose right there. I, I Yeah. Your daughter thinks you're very young, but also might think you have a rage problem. So it's it's again, it's a mixed bag, like so many things. But this is the age. I mean, my kids are all a lot older than this now. And I've saved these from when they were little. And they this age when they just sort of adore you and think that you have kind of superhuman powers. Definitely eyes in the back of your head. Right. Definitely the most beautiful person they've ever seen. Yeah. I miss those days a little bit. Well, it's funny. I was at pickup the other day with a group of moms and I have a first grade daughter and a bunch of them had like third grade daughters. And they were like, oh, it's like when they start to turn on you, you know, and it's really just the thing is you want it to happen 
that your kid turns on you a little bit. Like it is not developmentally appropriate or okay for your kid to grow up adoring you forever because then you end up at mother boy and like your kid is not, you know, <laughs> correctly emotionally developed. Sending the corsage in you and it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. You want that to be a weird thing for a 12 year old to be doing. Cause my, even still my, my eight, nine year old, my kids are funny. They're really starting to be like, I, <laughs> I was loading the dishwasher the other day and like just scraping the gross, like ketchup mess. And my son was like, I really don't ever want to be a grown up. I don't want to do that part where like you scrape the dishes. And I have a friend who talks about all the time at some point, he was really young, like seven or eight. And they had a dog who had some intestinal distress in the car. And like they got out of the car and then he saw his mom like going back to the car with a bucket. And he was like, I can never grow up. Like I can never be the one who has to clean up the car after the dog poops all over the car. And like he just said, it's so seared in his memory, that vision of like his mom with a bucket and be like, adulthood is the you're the person who has to do it. And there is a lot of that to it, you know, but it's it's just fun and funny to watch kids like go through all these different phases. But, you know, then you end up the mom. My, my son asked me the other day, we were talking about childbirth and, um, you know, he's trying to figure it out. And he's like, it must be really weird when you just look down one day and there's a foot coming out. <laughs> and I was like, you're not wrong. It's all pretty weird. It never seems normal. But that's and also that's not exactly what happens. But you know, it's so cute to me to watch the kids start to figure out like being an adult involves a lot of things that I'm not sure I want to do. Yeah. And at least they're not wrong. It's nice once a year to get some recognition of like, thanks, mom, for the time you cleaned up the dog's intestinal issues from the back of our car. Thanks for yeah. thanks for momming it every day. But at the same time, like don't lean into that because because there is no day. There is no thing. There is a poem. And we actually gave a framed version of it to my mom for her birthday one year. It's by Billy Connolly, who was the poet laureate of the United States. And he, if you haven't read, I'm not a poetry person, but I, I mean, super accessible and really, he's just terrific. Like, if you don't know him, you should look him up and I'm going to put this poem up. But it's so, what's amazing about it is it just, it's called The Lanyard and it's about, I won't read the whole thing, but it's basically like, he goes to camp and he says, by a deep Adirondack lake, learning how to braid thin plastic strips into a lanyard, a gift for my mother. And then he goes on to describe it more and more. And he says, she gave me life and milk from her breasts, and I gave her a lanyard. <laughs> she nursed me in many a sick room, lifted teaspoons of medicine to my lips, set cold face cloths on my forehead, and then led me out into the airy light. And he just goes on and on about all the things she did for him. And here is your <laughs> lanyard, I replied, which I made with a little help from a counselor. <laughs> anyway, you have to read the whole poem, but it just so captures. And like the thing is, what's magical about the poem and what's magical about being a mom is like the lanyard is what yeah. you get. You know, like you get a lot of things, you get grownups and you get, you know, people who move on and hopefully live good lives and, you know, reflect all your knowledge. But basically you get a lanyard and like it is so magical. Like, and so... Although I joke about like the horrible brunch and like the like wilted half flowers from ShopRite and stuff, like it is nice to take a minute and have your kids in their own lame, lame kid ways try to thank you. And you got to lean in on a little bit and not do the thing that I've had a tendency to do, which is like, this does not make up for everything I've ever done. And all the times I had to clean the dog out of the car, you know, it's just about like 
your kids in their own sad little kid ways being like, here's a poem I wrote you about how much you like Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. In other words, like embrace the insufficiency of the thank you because there is no thank you that's going to ever be truly sufficient. So here's your drawing where I say you you weigh as much as a refrigerator, mom. Like, right. Thank you. And like in a way, <laughs> it's kind of the perfect thank you because it's just right. It's, you know, what am I trying to say, Amy? It's like right it's the right metaphor, you know? It's it's underlining how vast what we do is, right? That if, yeah. if, if there was sufficient thanks, then maybe what we were doing wouldn't be so large. And we all know it's very large. And that's why we're patting ourselves on the back. Right. And the scales never get to be even. And that's kind of the job, that's you know? The job. That's the job. And so any time, like when you're like the elephant on one side of the scale and you see someone like putting a teaspoon of sugar on the other side of the scale, you can kind of be like, how dare you? Don't you see that I'm an elephant? This is a ridiculous gesture. Or you can be like, thanks for trying. And yeah. I would suggest number two. Yeah. We see you. We know how much you're doing. So thank yeah. you. And and your mo- your fellow mom friends are like, okay, I'm also an elephant on the scale while right. other people are putting sugar on. Right. Like, it, I see you. Exactly. Yeah. Guys, have a happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Hope you enjoy your time with your families. Come to our Facebook page and show us all of the horrible projects your kids have brought home with full of insults and narkiness about your home behavior. <laughs> yeah. You can do that at facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast. You can also do that on Instagram at whatfreshhellcast. And we're also on Twitter at WFH podcast. And we will have on our website this week a bunch of fun stuff, like fun pictures. And we will also have the lanyard. And that was by Billy Collins. I might have said Billy Connolly. His name is Billy Collins. And we'll also have a picture of me at the mom prom with my... <laughs> oh, mom prom. That I mean, if any, if you get nothing else out of this episode, you get a picture of Amy at mom prom, which should sustain you. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. 
but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.